Hello, this is Stanley. And it's Edgar. And welcome to the Minority Report, episode 58. Getting close to 60. The We're golden Getting eight. closer to 69. Oh. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and apparently we're 12. Yes, we are. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 12. If you don't know, we're a, pol- we're a podcast about news, politics, and culture from yes. the perspectives of people of color. Yep, yep, yep. And we have a special guest with us here today. We also... Y- we Not also have rain. Excluding the rain. Yes. The rain is an uninvited <laughs> if, guest. If you can but hear the rain. we also have an invited guest. Yes. Yes. Uh, Long time listener, uh, first time guest, Justin. Justin. Yes. Justin. Right. So Justin, you know here. our rule. Uh, rem- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> our rule for guests. Okay, yes. so um, Justin, what are you? <laughs> Let's just when get out. Yeah, just get this out of the way right begins now. Begins yeah. in the 1500s when the Spaniards took over my island. Oh, no, uh, I'm Filipino though. Um, <laughs> history aside, yes. Uh, but I grew up in Aleaf, Texas, so um, I feel like I got a lot of culture in me. To be honest, H Town. I was born there too. Aleaf. I was an alien. Yeah, stick around. Stanley's like no. representing mm-hmm. here. Yeah, Sugarland over I here. I left no. for a better place. <laughs> oh, you, want no. No, no, no. you don't know about the swat. Stanley got bougie. I started out bougie, but Stanley like became bougie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, well, awesome. Well, welcome, Justin. Yeah. We Thank are uh, very happy to have you. Um, yeah, let's get into it. This is going to be a two-topic episode, really. I know there's a lot going on. We'll, we may touch on some of those things. But we're going to touch on, like, two really big yes. things yeah. happening exactly. right now. First off is an update from last week. Yes. So, as everyone knows, by now, the Parkland shooting at uh, Major Stone High School, 17 people were killed in that shooting. A yeah. lot more people injured. Um but something surprising that I think has come out of the shooting is that because it was at a high school, it's distinctly different from Sandy Hook mm-hmm. in that a lot of the students are engaged and politically knowledgeable right. and are taking a stand and speaking out on gun control and vi- gun violence and really going to town halls yes. making their voices mm-hmm. heard, yes. calling politicians out on social media. I saw a great clip of one of the students like completely roasting Marco Rubio yeah. in like yeah. the most beautiful way. It's become a movement. Yes. It's amazing. It's what should have happened after Columbine, to be honest. And I think a lot of people are just like echoing that sentiment. That yeah, they had a platform back then, and they should have used it. But now, yeah. but this now in social media, age, yes. yeah, in the social media age, it's become a lot easier. Um, I think one thing that is really significant, and that a lot of the students were also involved in, was um, less than a week after the shooting, Florida lawmakers rejected a bill um, that would ban assault rifles they voted yeah. 36 to 71 against a motion to even consider right the legislation so it's not that they even debated the legislation and it was voted out yeah mm-hmm. um which again no no brownie points for that either mm-hmm. i think but yeah. and they did it in they front did, of the, su- yes, the survivors they yeah. did it in front of the survivors so um a, a good amount of the survivors spoke at this meeting mm-hmm. um at this hearing and they still voted 36 to 71 not to hear out the legislation and debate it yeah, yeah. um and i think especially that's 
sparked a lot of conversation around these teenagers and their motives and them being politically active and people being honestly very surprised. I think a lot of people think of teenagers, especially high schoolers, as sort of apathetic lazy, right. um, and lazy mm-hmm. and just not politically engaged. But I think as you find with the social media age is that they... Teenagers can access all the same information that we can, and it's not like they process it any di- like yeah. it's not like they process it any differently. They just don't have a lot of the context of maybe like you know social justice education, which again with the internet, most of them do yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's just it. Um, and one very surprising, very horrible thing that's actually come out of this is people on the far right and certain GOP, like, talking heads and um, congressmen actually suggesting that the shooting was faked Mm -hmm. or that some of these teenagers are getting paid to speak out against against the Second Amendment. Using Uh, actors, like, that look like students. Claiming Democrats are, you know, exploiting, grieving students for their cause. It's just really nasty. All these horrible things, yeah. It's honestly a smear campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like... Against a bunch of teenagers who got shot at. (laughs) Yeah, and what's even, like, most disgusting and abhorrent about it is they're, like, targeting specific students who are more... Uh, 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 well-known, sort of like uh, there was this one Emma Gonzalez who yeah. was just like, to- like yeah. everyone was super racist yeah. and just saying she was, uh, you know, paid. And it's just like, I it, that is what is so depressing to me that it's even happening. They just refuse to accept the reality that we're in, and they decide to attack these poor children who just went through a horrible tragedy. Yeah. And it's, it's been birthed out of, like, just YouTube videos from the alt-right. It's been, yeah. like, just, you know, Twitter, Listen to our YouTube CNN, episode. Yeah. Yeah. Our alt-right YouTube episode. It's, yeah. it's astounding at just how, like, hard-headed these guys are about yeah. just uh, these students and families who are grieving. Like, it's, it's almost just disgusting, you know? Yeah. I mean, even the suggestion that the <clears throat> one of the deadliest mass shootings, I think it was the deadliest mass shooting at a school in five, five years, years yeah. was staged. Mm-hmm. Yeah was yeah. honestly, like, abhorrent to me. Yeah. And it's not just, and we say, it's like, it's the YouTube far right, it's like these, like, nasty, you know, minority groups, but really, it's not. You have people like Bill O'Reilly out there spewing this crap. People who, you know, people who watch Fox News take someone like Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly serious. And that's just what's really tragic. Also, Fox News itself, like this yeah. major news organization, <laughs> is totally peddling these conspiracy theories. And it's like, what is happening to our world? Um, like, you know that you're morally corrupt when you're literally suggesting that kids are somehow being paid, that they somehow staged the shooting, that they, like... When you're suggesting that kids who survived a traumatic experience and mm-hmm. who are now, and who are also politically engaged and are now talking about it are somehow the seedy underbelly and like it's a conspiracy to take away your guns like that's when you know that morally you probably fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> and so they're they're probably like a small percentage of people not not what most people 
thing. Yeah. It's just these crazy conspiracies. Oh, but yeah, they have the loudest sure. voice, you know, like those. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I think it's a problem when major news outlets, like whatever we think of Fox, which we don't like, we hate them. <laughs> and we don't. <laughs> Obviously biased here. Obviously. But no like, they do hold an influence, you know? Um, no, absolutely. Um, so the other sort of major thing that's happening, they really happen across the country, across the nation, is you started to see walkouts. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened here yeah. in Texas. There was over 500 students just in Texas that walked out. Um, a lot of them were threatened. I know in Houston, a lot of them were threatened with um, expulsion if they walked out. Yeah, so, and that's been sort of tricky because um, school districts are sort of weighing, do we stand behind our, behind our students or do we you know, punish them. And that's just like a minefield in itself. Um, But yeah, so it's becoming part of a larger movement. And there's all these different discussions on whether we should even be hearing out teenagers. These are kids, right? That's what a lot of uh, um, critics are arguing. And then you have people who are saying, no, these are, you know, the people who are affected by it the yeah. most. These are the voices that we need to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just get into that. Um, Olivia did mention the town hall, which is sort of part of this larger discussion. We should talk about Marco Rubio <laughs> oh, and what, why he decided to do that. For That's... context, Marco Rubio is the senator that represents Parkland. So it rep- yeah. he represents that district where the shooting happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, props to Rubio for even actually uh, attending, right? attending and yeah. hearing. It did not end well for him. It just ended with him being yeah. uh, lectured by kids um, and just totally Which, like, humiliated. Yeah. Humiliated and destroyed. Roasted, just everything in the book you can think yeah. of. Yeah. And not just kids, teachers. Uh, uh, there's parents. like a clip, parents, yeah, like grieving parents. parents. Yeah. Uh, the teacher really stood out to me because it was a teacher who was a Republican yeah. who had voted for mm-hmm. Trump, who was uh, speaking out against what was happening. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about these sort of larger conversations. So sort of the big one is these are kids. Should we be listening to kids? These are teenagers. Which, by the way, uh, the the person who did this was a teenager who legally was able to buy this gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's keep that sort of in mind as we discuss this. But um, what teenagers. are your thoughts and feelings here? Old enough to buy a gun, not old enough to have political opinions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so thoughts and feelings here. No, I, I mean, I definitely think um, they should be rep- or they should be able to represent themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we're uh, Sandy Hook. You know, those are actually like elementary kids. Right. You can't. They don't have a voice for themselves. So it's on the parents and family members to to represent them in that case. Right. Uh, but in this age where kids are growing up faster, maybe a little too fast sometimes, but um, they're able to um, just under understand political discourse and like these social issues, like. Uh, especially this one being so close to home now, it, this is their time to talk. This is their time to prove that um, there's actual change that can come out of something of like this tragedy. Yeah, right, yeah, tragedy instead of just thoughts and prayers. And then moving on to words, yeah. and yeah, all the like. So Yeah, I think they're, the teenagers are educated and you can definitely tell through their, like the way they are doing the interviews or talking to reporters. Um, so... I don't think just because that they're young that they they share the majority opinion of wanting str- uh, stricter gun laws and yeah they're yeah. using their platform or tr- or what happened to them as a way to fuel this conversation yeah yeah 
it, it just infuriates me that this sort of the talking point is these are young kids. They don't, you know, why should we be hearing them? They're hysterical. They're grieving. Why should we be hearing them when they're in their most, you know, vulnerable state? And it's like, so you're saying we should be hearing these corrupt politicians who just keep perpetrating this? They're the voices of reason here, not the people saying, hey, maybe we, we shouldn't have guns where yeah. Yeah. maybe I'll get shot. Like, it does, that's where I have a hard time connecting with that yeah. argument because it's, no, we are literally dying out here and it keeps happening and nothing is getting done. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's, I think it's a catch-22 to say that, like, that young people cannot be politically engaged Mm -hmm. because I think like I think both of the major parties and even some of the more minor parties sort of have this like well the youth vote is the untapped vote Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day these are people who are going to be voting in three four years time it's not (laughs) some of them will get to vote this year exactly (laughs) some of them some of them are already of age to vote so it's not like they are so so far removed from being politically engaged. Like, I was a very politically engaged high schooler. I Mm. definitely had very strong opinions. I was politically, like, for the time, I was very well read, at least in my opinion. (laughs) So I I just don't think it's accurate to say that, A, teenagers can't be politically engaged, and B, teenagers shouldn't be talking about what happened to them. And basically saying that they're hysterical, they're grieving, they don't know what they're talking about is just belittling them and belittling their intelligence, even though they're going to be a voting age soon. Like, yes, they're young, but they're not elementary school young, you know? (laughs) They have, like, they already have informed opinions about the world. Like, they're, yes, they are still evolving and forming, but... They already have that. They they have the foundation. They should be able to talk about things that directly affect them. Uh, that's where... Exactly. That's where you hit the nail on the head. At the most basic human level, you should be able to hear out people who have been shot at. Like, you should <laughs> yeah. be able to just listen to them. You may not agree with them. And to an extent, yeah, of course, like Olivia said, these are teenagers. Their views are evolving. I don't believe the same shit that I believed when I was a teenager. Exactly. But yeah. when it comes to getting shot at, I think I'm going to have the same fucking feelings. There's some yeah. core values that yeah. like, are understood understandably just one-sided just no like one wants to get shot baseline <laughs> yeah. universal like <laughs> i want to be safe maybe we should make it a little less hard a little less easy for people to yeah. shoot at me yeah. Yeah. yeah like i just want to be safe like that's when we're talking about the most basic thing which is you know a school is tasked with not only educating children <laughs> keeping them safe that is yeah. like their legal mandate is to keep children safe yeah. um okay so moving on uh, from that sort of discussion donald trump of course is a big figure in all this um you know partially responsible for a lot of what's happened here he spoke with some of the survivors some of the victims um i don't know if you saw his handwritten note like, <laughs> so <laughs> ridiculous so uh insane i hear you, I hear you which he didn't I even say you. it which which is amazing. He didn't even say I hear you uh, when speaking to the victims. Uh, but he is suggesting that teachers be armed. That he, I think he, I have no idea where he's pulling this number, but he thinks that 10 to 40% of teachers uh, uh, will be, have the ability to be armed and that they should be trained. Um, how do we feel about this argument? The idea that to stop gunmen, we should arm our teachers. And before we even get into it, uh, it was just released like 30 minutes before we started yeah. recording, that um, one of the armed guards at the school didn't even enter the building during the mass shooting, um, which is like, you know, 
that totally disproves the argument that armed, trained people good guy will be with able to... Yeah, you know? the good guy with a gun could yeah. stop that. Uh, so thoughts and feelings here. I mean, it's just amazing how they want to fight fire with fire. Like, <laughs> you don't add gasoline to the fire. You don't throw Molotov <laughs> cocktails into it yeah. just to like, stop a fire. Yeah, yeah. You put a blanket over that, and yeah. the blanket is this legislation that will <laughs> yeah. stop. Yeah. Put a blanket! A blanket of legislation! Yeah, just put a blanket on it. Over the tire fire yeah. that not, is not made guns. Guns. Yeah, yeah. Not made of exactly. NRA money, hopefully. You know, it's like... It's just, it's ridiculous that they're even thinking, like, it, it adds so much of a psychological, like, uh, like harm to, like, kids. Our yeah. teachers have guns. What, like, why would they even have guns? Like, why would they need guns? Yeah. I mean, that's up to security. That's up to, like, you know, police who are stationed at schools. But, like, right. it's just really ridiculous to say that, like, having a gun is going to deter one person from shooting up a place because there's many places that have guns that people yeah. still shoot up. Yeah. Or yeah. bomb or whatever. It, yeah. You know, and um, the Republican teacher that Edgar mentioned earlier, she was like, am I supposed to know how to use a gun now? Yeah. And like wear a vest, a Kevlar vest. And Teachers didn't sign up for this yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't sign up to die. Yeah, like they signed up to get paid war like zone. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like having mandatory gun training and having a gun should not be a part of teaching of children. Yeah. Which is already, uh, uh, and I might be biased, but teaching is the hardest job that you it can is. have. and it is By They don't get yeah. paid nearly and as well. And it's yeah. possibly the most important job in our country. Yeah. Literally yes. training the future, which by the way, Republicans are belittling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's like, okay, so now not only are you going to be a, a, a teacher who has to be trained in teaching students, which is very difficult, but you have to, on top of that, be trained to handle, oh, there's lightning oh. and thunder. Oh. Uh, but you have to, you have to be trained to uh, uh, handle an emergency situation. Like that takes years of training. That's not something yeah. you can just teach overnight. And where's the, the money going to come from to even train these teachers? And Trump was saying it'll come from the federal budget. Uh-huh. Uh, where's the concrete, where? like um, from uh, where? Like explain, this. Bitch, where? Is I'm going to say, you, like, <laughs> instead of using the money to train teachers to handle a gun, maybe just use that money to, I don't know, fund the fucking schools yeah. that are yeah. falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> Not even just the schools, just mental health, you know, like, uh, just psychologists and yeah. things like that. Like, yeah. Fuck it, both. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And, and it's just, I don't know. Like, there's one argument that I can sort of see the point to, which is get more, you know, armed guards at schools. Like, okay, whatever. That's like a band aid type fix deal. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to arming our teachers, which, uh, you know, I know a lot of teachers personally, they are not wanting to. There are some who do, and especially here in Texas where we are recording. Don't get me wrong. There are some teachers who are more than willing to do this. I just don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, but bringing yeah. that in, bringing more guns into an environment with children, yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Where do you keep the gun? What yeah. happens if a kid yeah. grabs a gun? There's like right? regulation behind that, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and if the, if like authorities come into whatever location that said, oh, there's a gunman, they're like. Who? Who is the exactly. Yeah. Who? There's... And there might be a mistake where they shoot the wrong person. Yeah. I yeah. guarantee that would happen. I read yeah. this post today that was, like, very enlightening. Philando Castile mm-hmm. was someone who worked in a school, mm-hmm. legally owned a gun, and 
was profiled because he was a black man, told the authorities that he had a legal gun, and still got shot at. Mm, yeah. And so even thinking about teachers of color, particularly black teachers, are they supposed to carry on guns yeah. now? Mm-hmm. Do they get profiled on the way to school? Like, what happens there? Yeah. And there's just... The argument that you should have more guns is so... You're more likely to get shot if there are more guns. You're less likely to get shot if there are no guns. Yeah, it's just... It's such a a common sense thing to do, but the fact that the NRA is paying... Like, you look around These at guys any other country that has actually had, like, massive, like, gun regulation and just yeah. taking away firearms, like, off the streets. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, just even the tiniest bit of action could lead to more. And right. the fact that we can't do that is because everyone's in the NRA's pockets is just, yeah, it's astounding just to see yeah. how far it goes. Yeah. Um, so, real quick, I, I can't divulge what my uh, job is, but uh, I work <laughs> in an industry that is very close to this. I, I do public relations uh, um, and I, I can tell you from the education sort of point of view, they have these ideas for how to keep our kids safe, what the things that they need to do, and they're not being heard by these Republicans. And that's something that's not being talked about that sort of it really infuriates me is that these Republicans are just saying, no, the answer is more guns. Fuck all the education systems telling us what they think we need to be more safe. Just like, let's not even hear them. Let's just do this. This will fix it. And that's just, that is not how society should work. Like, that makes zero sense to me. We should hear the the kids. We should hear the kids. We should hear the teachers. We should hear the administrators. And that's just not happening. Um, Literally everyone is telling you that we don't need more guns. Yeah. Like, yeah. like literally <laughs> we're saying, no guns, please. And at the very least, like, don't let people buy these Assault rifles, at the yeah. very least. Yeah, it's you not know, even. It's like, not even. We're not even saying ban all guns at this that's point. What they, we're just saying yeah, ban yeah. assault rifles. Yeah, like, like just oh, make it harder for mentally unstable yeah. or people to not or dangerous people. Yeah, which right. is like and I know, like the GOP is patting themselves on the back on the on the back because Trump and his party are introducing legislation to ban sock bumps, which are basically make mm-hmm. non-automatic weapons function like automatic mm-hmm. weapons. Yeah, a sock bump was not used. In the Parkland shooting. Yeah. So, like, if that is your way of being, like, look at our gun control legislation, like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, not even... It's in not my eyes. Issue, yeah. I, I mean, granted, I don't know very much about guns, thankfully. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> in my eyes, that's not even a blip. Yeah. We're, we're speechless. We're, I know. We're, we're, we're speechless because we, that's like know. what. What else can we but, say? We feel so strongly. But about it's just this. hilarious how like they're they're trying to introduce that and saying, oh, you know, look what we're trying to do. When last year they signed the legislation to right. make it easier for uh, those with mental uh, health issues mm-hmm. to buy these. Weapons. Yeah, Trump literally tweeted out being like. You know, people should have checked for him. He obviously had really, you know, really deep-seated mental issues. Like and I was like, bitch, you're the one who made this happen! <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, to round off this topic, um, let's talk about maybe possible political implications for this November. You see students standing up. You see this movement. You see how the outpouring on Twitter has gone. Do we feel like this will... Uh, affecting we saw Marco Rio being humiliated like <laughs> do you think this will cause some change I mean I hope, prim- I hope so early voting for primaries 
is right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't register no, for no, primaries. No, 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 no. I, uh, we'll go vote. Register no, for I, yeah. I mean, like, go It doesn't vote. matter much in Texas yeah. right now, but still. Go I mean, vote. like, yeah, go vote. But all I'm saying is, like, this is riding up right next to, like, heavy campaigning, heavy election cycles. This is not what any Republican needed right now. No. Because the primaries are happening. And they're already trying, I feel, and maybe this is, like, liberal progressive echo chamber talking, but I feel like they're already struggling to hold on to their seats at this point. Like, Republicans have not had a lot of wins. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been evidenced. And I think they are very scared of losing their seats. And so this is the last thing they needed. And the fact that they've all reacted so poorly to the tragedy that happened, yeah. I think speaks volume. Yeah. Hopefully. In such a visible way, too. In such mm-hmm. a visible way. So hopefully people are making the connections and actually doing their research on who the NRA is funding and who is getting money from the mm-hmm. NRA. And that will help them make an informed vote. Yeah. Because, I mean, they definitely have to, or at least an informed voter has to remember all this. And even just the general public has to just even, like, consider all this. Like, what have they gone out of these congressmen that promised them so much? You know, and at this point, it's nothing. Just empty words and things like that. So I'm, I'm really hoping that this does lead to um, some sweeping changes in mm-hmm. Congress um, this fall. But um, it's, it's definitely on all of us to keep reminding ourselves and to... Um, to never forget, like, you know, what's been happening in this past, what, two, three years or whatever, that since the last um, major Congress uh, election. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, yeah, um, it's on us. Yeah. Clear the rot. Take them out. Yeah. Sweep them down. <laughs> knock them down. Like, let's get rid of them all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Replace everybody with, like, someone from the Green Party. That's not something I'm actually suggesting, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. Let's, let's get some change done. And I think, uh, I, you know, I was speaking with a, um, someone close to me who, um, you know, is very close to the situation. And she was telling me that she feels like this is, you know, she lived through Columbine. This is one of those big moments where something could change. She mm-hmm. feels it. And I think seeing these outspoken kids is giving me hope and it's making me proud um, that something can happen. And I'm, like, getting emotional just because, like, watching these kids and how passionate they are and how these Republicans are trying to spit, on, literally spit on them and, you know, tear them down, but it's not working. It's just so inspiring. Um, so... More power to these kids. I support them. Yeah. We all support them. We were once kids in their shoes not so long ago. Um, maybe me a little bit longer than y'all, but <laughs> <laughs> but not so long ago. And, you know, I have a brother in high school, and this is not fun. This is not something I want to think about, but it, it is something I think about. So, um, yeah, this is something that we will keep an eye on because it's still developing, and it is very close to our hearts. So, Uh, We will have more on that. Uh, But we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about something amazing, something great. Something Black Panther experience. No, no, you ruined it. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
I never freeze. Okay, so for this segment, we're gonna talk about this little movie called Black Panther. Small indie movie, don't yeah. know if you've heard yeah. Indie director, <laughs> yeah. uh, indie cast. Yeah. I mean, indie director, indie not director. an <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like most blockbusters these days. Wakanda fucking for, forever, yes. y'all. Yes. Yes. Black Panther. Black Panther. Um, so yeah, Marvel released Black Panther this past weekend, and it blew expectations, made... Um, two hundred two million for the three day weekend, and including President's Day, it made two hundred forty two million. Which isn't it the sixth largest Ooh. opening like ever? <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. So, something like that. Something like that. I should have this all up, but all of I don't. the Marvel movies out of the water. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Ama- it's it, 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 it's amazing numbers, mind boggling numbers. Really. It made more. All right, the only Marvel movie that it opened less to was the first Avengers, which is understandable. But the okay. fact that mm-hmm. it opened more than the second Avengers, yeah. Was like what? It's telling, right? It's telling. And oh, the second mention, Avengers was yeah. garbage. <laughs> not to mention, it already made all the money that Justice League made in its oh, run. Oh yeah, which is hilarious. So, it made no. more. It made more money in four days than the Justice League did in its t- entire run at, in the U.S. box office. So that's the saying that everyone wants to like put out there with the DC, whatever. <laughs> Damn, man. Poor, poor DC cannot yes. catch a break here. Yeah, I mean DC had. DC has its problems, and it should really acknowledge them. I mean, that is uh, 100% true. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it's not just uh, all about the money with Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sounds no, like, no. no, I'm actually interested in the box office here. This wait, is wait, a, wait. Should, some before, we go, before we go on, should I list out what all the um, things that it broke, um, records that it broke? Yeah, let's, yeah. Let, let's get into these records. For it. Okay, so the first one is biggest February opening weekend. Hey-o. Which was previously Deadpool. Just last year. Too. Last year. Yeah. Or two years ago. Two sorry. years ago. Yeah. And like putting a mo- putting a superhero movie in February, February is like almost a death sentence mm-hmm. basically yeah. for this for that movie. Deadpool brought it back last mm-hmm. year. Black or- Panther this year. Yeah. Moving on. Um, what else? <laughs> Biggest solo superhero launch of all time. Yeah. If we oh. count. Like because he technically showed up in Civil War, mm. but this is an yeah, origin story. story. Yeah, this, this is, is an origin story. This is his first solo movie, so like we'll count it. Biggest Friday through Sunday opening weekend for a long holiday debut. I don't know. This is getting really <laughs> so, specific. Yeah, now. some of these were like okay, <laughs> whatever. It's <laughs> like ESPN stats yeah. where you're like yeah. he got five rebounds and he dribbled the ball ten times. Yeah. It's like it's a little too specific, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> and if should we get into? I'll take all the ones I can get though. Like let's sure. Real. Should we get into race, or since the uh, Ryan Coogler we, is... This is uh, the Minority uh, Report. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm here for. What do you think we talk about here, Stanley? I know, no, I'm just saying, but, 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 right, so it's biggest opening weekend for a uh, black director. Woo! Yeah. But not only that, it's the highest grossing film in the U.S. directed by a black man as well. Yeah. In just those four days, it surpassed yeah. um, Fast and Furious, or Fate of the Furious, which was the previous record number. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I can go on, but this is you. Need, it broke a lot of records. Needless yeah. to say, it's a cultural event. It, yeah, a cultural yes. phenom. Like this yeah. is a big deal. This is a touch point. This is in the zeitgeist already. Yeah. And what Edgar was alluding to was that um, 
it proves that um, movies or black movies can do well overseas. Yes. Yeah. Something that, uh, uh, you know, has historically been, like, we've been told. It it's a yeah. happen. Yeah, That's like been, like, myth. Hollywood's crutch as to, like, oh, we don't Anything with anything. minorities, right? That's, like, people basically color. majority people of color because it's, like, oh, it won't do well overseas. Fuck all y'all! It's like, yeah, even though Fast and Furious... Right. <laughs> but it, what's so insane... Yeah, but that's like the Hollywood crutch. Right? Right. Like, they're never gonna... Yes. T- they're yeah. never yes. gonna accept it with a... They'll, they'll always find a way to... Exactly. But they, and they've done it forever. Even though we've had examples with like Will Smith and Men in Black, we've had examples mm. like the Fast and Furious. Like these... Uh, uh, Blade, you know, we've yeah. had... With Wesley Snipes, we've had these examples before and it's happened before, but Hollywood has just refused to accept it. But when you have something like Black Panther, which is so huge and such a big cultural movement, it is like you can't ignore it anymore. Like this is it. Black movies, uh, movies with people of color can travel and not only can they travel they're fucking killing it yeah. they're like mm-hmm. the best actually and like specifically black movies i think that like this movie is very black very much rooted in like ideas of the african diaspora that come out of the u.s because wakanda is a fictional place mm-hmm. yes it's it's just such a gorgeous film it is. like and proves that again people of color particularly black people particularly dark-skinned black actors mm-hmm. can make it rain at the box office. And, it, and the thing here to remember is that, um, you know, usually black actors get put into, like, roles of mm-hmm. slaves or maids or, you know, those... And the stories that result in those type of roles are usually not, like, the biggest, hey, let's go see this movie about slavery. Right. Yeah. Which is Which kind of, like... Proves, not proves, but shows like, okay, films with black people don't do as well because they... But if, if you make a film where a black person can be a superhero, something that is a, like a blockbuster like Black right. Panther is, it people will come out and still go see it. Yeah, because right. it's like, yeah. historically those roles that Stanley mentioned, like, it undermines, like, you know, the African-American experience and just you know, or just black people in general around the world, like, you're seeing that mm-hmm. they don't have to just be slaves. Yeah. They don't have to just be... They can uh, be in a, fantasy a maid or whatever, or... In whatever, like, old movie you've seen. Right. Like, they can be they're king. kings, yeah. they're princesses, they're, you know, they're Action technological stars. innovators. Like, right. there's so many uh, sides to uh, the black experience, and, like, yeah. this shows that a lot of that. And Will Smith playing, like, an action star in Bad Boys and all these movies, iRobot, are right. huge box office successes. So mm-hmm. if, if um, producers are like has they have the courage to actually like hire people of color in these big budget right. films we might see a change in and the fact of the matter is there is a demand and a sort of hunger for these stories yes. and for these mm-hmm. movies even if you aren't black and even if you don't come from that background i think all of us are hungering to see more diverse Different. and varied yeah, exactly. storytelling and the fact of the matter is the supply just doesn't meet the demand right now. Mm. That's just it. Like, I wanted and needed this movie a long really time long ago. time yeah, ago. Yeah. And I'm glad we <laughs> yeah. finally have it. But now I'm just like, well, where is 
my Asian superhero? Mm -hmm. Where's my Latin superhero? Mm -hmm. Where's my South Asian superhero? Like, now I just want everything. everything. It's just been amazing to see. And I also want more black superheroes. Like, I I just want it all now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just been amazing seeing, like, kids, you know, and families show up for this. Like, they now have that, like, figure to look up to. Like, they're not just seeing, uh, you know, just uh, uh, Steve Rogers or, you know, like, Tony Stark, these white guys just, you know, get to do all this cool stuff. It's like, they actually have a figure now that they can look up to, which is like the most important thing that not all superhero experiences are just white or, you know, things like that. Right. It can be anyone of any culture. So Yeah, that's what what really stood out to me and what's so beautiful. There's like all these stories of like boys and girls clubs who are like raising money to send, uh, you know, kids of color to go see Black Panther Mm -hmm. to see representation on the screen. And that just like warms my heart. It's so beautiful and, and amazing. Um, and also what's really great is how Marvel has embraced Black Panther in a way that none of us thought they would or could or were capable of. Yeah. And they really have. they haven't had a great track record, so you can't blame us for being, like, suspect. And they, you know, and they have, and it's paid off uh, uh, greatly. And it's, like, a little bit, it's, like, when, and and we'll talk about it in our our actual review of Black Panther, which, by the way, will be spoiler-filled. So if you've not seen it. we're talking spoilers. So if you've not seen it. I've actually seen a movie that we're reviewing, yeah, yeah, so I want to talk about it. Yes. So if you've not seen it, uh, first off, what are you doing? Stop the podcast, go no. to your local theater, watch back. this movie, come back, and we'll talk about it. Uh, but no, it's just, you know, this is like a huge cultural moment, and that Marvel uh, had the guts to, you know, keep their fingers out of it mm-hmm. was, um, you know, I think a really great thing. I'm not trying to give them too much credit because at the end of the day, it's still a bunch of rich white guys and white ladies who, <laughs> who, who did yeah. this. But And like, we don't exactly know their motivations for yeah. keeping their fingers out of it. Yeah. But did they just like, eh, we'll just toss but it it's, over. But it's great also that this movie stands on its own. Like, you, you could almost, like... It hardly has anything that would really connect it to Marvel in a way. Like, you, it could get away without even being connected to Marvel, and it still would have been such a Honestly, huge success. Honestly, that was the best, the best thing. Yes. That was the best thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, actually, all the rest of the stuff was also the best thing, yeah. but this was also the best thing. Yeah. That, like, there wasn't some shoehorn... Infinity War thing. Cinematic universe <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, I loved Thor Ragnarok. I loved it mm-hmm. a lot. But that entire Doctor Strange sequence in oh. that movie was so cringy. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, you literally just shoehorned this into the movie. Yeah. We did not need this. Yeah. And, and we'll get more into that. Uh, but not everything was so great with the release. There were some uh, party poopers out there. And we thought we would mention it because it, it hits close to, to, to home for us. But I'll let Stanley take it. Okay. Uh, well, um, so there were trolls on Twitter that yes, were. were posting yeah. Fake stories about being attacked God. in the Black Panther screenings using real photos of um, people uh, who were assaulted, like one of a woman in a bar who got attacked yeah. with blood. Like in Australia her, or something. Yeah, yeah. with blood, blood all over her face as like, oh, this is my girlfriend. She got attacked by um, mm-hmm. peop- the audience members in black panther screening and yeah. told, told us that we, we don't belong here yeah trying to feel like the fire about this black people being racist and you know yeah yeah and white was, people trying real hard yeah <laughs> it's just like when i first heard of this it was very like first thing i was like people are terrible yeah it's yeah disgusting. yeah it's disgusting <laughs> like why would you want to 
make and stuff like this. Such a transparent. Like I don't know. Maybe it's just me because. I'm always suspect of people, but for me, it's just like, this is just such a transparent, like, attempt to create Brad press around this movie that's getting yeah. a lot of great press. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone that equally of, like, all colors understand, or, like, agree that this is a really good movie. Yeah. Right. And they're trying to find whatever way to bring it down. Yeah. And we've seen, like, this trend happen, even with, like, uh, Star Wars. And yeah, all Star Wars. Movies. Like, yeah. we've the seen... fake reviews from the right. audience members. Right. It's it's still happening for this movie as right. well. Yeah. yeah. It, but but it took on a more racial yeah. element this time. And it was just sickening to see those photos. And some of them were so bad. It was, like, some dude covered <laughs> in ketchup. And people commenting, like, no, dude, that's ketchup. Like, stop <laughs> trying to fuck shit up. What's wrong with you? And then there were, like, parodies yeah. of those trolls. <laughs> yeah. Was like, which was amazing. <laughs> like, using actors, like... Well-known actors who yeah. were beat up. Like this, my my father got beat up. And this, it was like this boxer. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's so <laughs> dumb. It's ridiculous. I I don't know. It, it, a lot of it also sort of um, smells of like Russian troll farms. Mm. It's like that's something that's in the news. Like, we didn't even talk about this episode, but a lot going on oh, there. Yeah. 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 But um, but yeah. So it's like you know. Um, but the, yeah. yeah. Thankfully, people like caught on. Yes, really that's quickly. a good thing. Mm-hmm. And Twitter, like, uh, um, suspended some or most of those accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Although I saw it spread all over. Like, I, I first saw it on Reddit, actually, is where uh-huh. I started seeing it. Um, but so it definitely is going out there. But you know what? It doesn't matter because the, the positivity of this movie and the overwhelming reaction has just sort of drowned out those nasty voices. But we just thought we would mention that because it was just so stupid and ridiculous. Yeah. And can't let the hate bring us down. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, Everyone's showing out for this, and respectfully so. Yeah. It's supposed to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right, enough talk. Let's get into this. Well, before we get into our review, (laughs) shout out to Rachel Morrison, Mm -hmm. the first woman nominated for an Oscar for cinematography for Mudblood. 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 Harry Potter. Harry Potter origin story. I was in LA a couple weekends ago, and I went to Harry Potter World. It's still in the mind. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, But... The cinematographer for Mudbound, mm-hmm. first woman to be nominated for an Oscar for cinematography, also shot Black Panther, and yeah. it shows because the movie looks amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. All right. Let's so get into time. Movie. So spoilers. We're gonna talk about spoilers. Yes. Yeah, so if you have not seen the movie, uh, definitely, definitely stop the podcast now because we are gonna just get into it. And um, we don't really have a structure. We're just gonna. We don't. <laughs> Should I just say? Uh, is it three words? Michael B. Jordan. Michael, yes. Michael B. B. Jordan. Jordan. All hail my King Killmonger. <laughs> yes. Michael. My, my true king. <laughs> like, honestly, we were talking about it at work earlier today, and honestly, like, A, on a bad, like, even not on a bad day, he's he's not so much a villain as he is an antagonist. Like, he has a clear point of view. Yeah. It's very clear where he's coming from, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. It's very yes. clear where he's coming from. It's very clear his thought process. A lot of it is rooted in being a black American yes. and yeah. sort of the trauma that comes along with that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. 
He he's, was so he was like the best Marvel he villain. He is the like best. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Like I'm, I'm getting a little chill. Just like oh, oh man, I'm just thinking about it again. Yeah. Oh just, my god, there's the, and then Sterling came brown to y'all. That scene. okay. So before before we get before we get into that, because I I honestly want to spend like all my time talking about just Killmonger yeah, because totally that is like the defining thing of this movie for me at least. Um, let's just sort of give an overview of like what happens in this movie and our thoughts and feelings, like what happened, what's going on. And then uh, we can just sort of get into those sort of micro topics and just really get into the meat of it. Um, but yeah, so this is, you know, Black Panther. We already met him in Civil War, but this is really his story here. Um, part origin story, but also part just story of his rise uh, to power mm-hmm. um, and his fall from power and his rise again <laughs> to power. Um, and, you know, you have um, um, Claw who comes in, who's also this sort of the connective tissue to the Marvel universe here. Um, because really there, there isn't much that connects this movie to the Marvel universe. There are some things. And even his integration feels really organic mm-hmm. to yes. all, to exactly. the entire movie. Exactly. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, again, nothing about this movie feels like shoehorned MCU right. nonsense. Right. right. And this also sort of plays like a Shakespearean play or like a, you know, yes. a Royal yes. family play. Um, and, you know, let's not get into all the little plot uh, uh, elements and all the little things that happen, because if you're listening to this review, we're hoping you've already seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, it just, you know, goes through its thing. And my question to y'all is, was it successful as a movie doing this type of story? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, props to Ryan Coogler. Um He's just he's just an amazing director, but yeah. his his vision for this story is just like it's leagues above what we've seen in any like previous Marvel movie. Personally, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, a critic was saying that how, for the first time, you can tell that each character existed beyond the mm-hmm. screen, yes. which I completely agree in. Like, there's a, uh, just like a er like, what do you, call, just like this life that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that extends beyond yeah. this. And and, and these characters are fleshed out, or there's like you know a feeling that there's more more to them. To yeah. them, yeah. And, and I think the beautiful thing about it is that the way Ryan Coogler wrote the script, it gets to that very quickly and in a very authentic way. Like mm-hmm. I feel like going in, you know, immediately like who these people are, what their motivations are gonna be how they're going to act. Like, uh, I was reading the AV Club review of this, and I sort of agree with this point, is, like, all the characters were so good that (laughs) the Black Panther himself, T'Challa, it seems like he's kind of... Kind of lost? Yeah, Yeah. he, like, fades into the background, which for me is fine because he's really, like... He's kind of the this magnetic center for all of these tissue, yeah. Yeah, 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 the connective yeah. tissue for like all of these characters to have their stories. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Even though he was like the lead. <laughs> 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 um, I was like in the third act of this movie. I was like, um, is Lupita Nyong'o gonna like? Be- rise up and save the universe like yeah kind of like yeah i yeah, mean like, i would have been happy like, yeah. yeah but like even on the even at the very beginning of the movie you get t'challa going after lupita who is his love interest mm. but like the first thing lupita says is like you ruined my mission like <laughs> what is wrong with you yeah, yeah that's and what I love. she carries yeah. that agency throughout the whole film and like y'all the black woman in this film 
Amazing. Save Wakanda. They get they shit done. They save Wakanda. Uh, they get shit done. Yeah, they literally do. They literally There's do. also um, the the co-star who isn't as famous as Lupita. Her name is Denai Gurira. She's amazing. She's wonderful. Yes. Let, let's Gorgeous. actually, let's she name some so of this good. cast. Okay. Yeah, they're let's, so amazing. Let's yeah, it's a yeah, stacked cast. Um, Martin, <laughs> it's really stacked. Martin Freeman, one of two white guys in the movie. <laughs> who's, who's great Shout in the movie. Out. Yeah, Shout he's out great. Martin Freeman. Um, <laughs> and so both of them are great in the movie. Yeah, actually. they're actually yeah. both really good. Yeah. The other one is Andy Serkis. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He plays Claw. And um, Daniel Kaluuya mm-hmm. plays... One Wakabi. of the tribesmen. Wakabi. The traitor. The, the traitor. The Judas. Oh. Judas. So, um, Letitia, right? Letitia. My oh, new, sorry. Sorry. My new love. My new love. Sorry. I am yes. in love with her. I, am, I mean, I am also in love with Shuri, sorry. so we don't have to fight. I, yeah. yeah. I was about to watch the Black Museum episode of uh, Black Mirror just to see Letitia. <gasps> right. That's her? Yeah. Oh, my God. Which, by the way, I'm one of the few people that kind of like that episode, but... It does get garbage, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Letitia Wright, just so good. That character of Shuri is like, she's the smartest person in the Marvel Universe, and yeah. rightfully so. Yeah, right. I, I want like a scene with her and Tony, like fucking going head to head, like just lighting like, armor. Yeah, like, awesome. She yeah. plays um, T'Challa's um, sister. Sister, sister yes. Shuri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, and she's. Which you believe it too, which I love. Yeah, yes. you believe it, and she's also. It's great because she's young, but she is the lead technical innovator in yeah. Wakanda. At just sixteen yeah. too. Like you talk about like, you know, with the uh, Parkland, like, you know, these teens yeah. um having a voice, like she's yes the, the lead innovator in yeah. this whole and country. It's, it's, and she's the funniest person also, in the fucking world. Yeah, I was about to say like, Shuri's she's, live. She's a, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Like don't scare me, yeah. colonizer. That's funny. What are those? <laughs> Or another broken white man yeah. to fix. Yeah, yeah another broken white man to fix. Oh, too good. Too good. I <laughs> love it her. when um, Martin Freeman's character wakes up and he's like, are we in Wakanda? And she's like, no, we're in Kansas. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, she kills it. She's wonderful in the movie. And what I love about her character is that it's a positive portrayal of a woman in this STEM field. Yeah, that, it's... Mm-hmm. In science, yes, and who's science. amazing, and yeah. who's also like very genuinely excited yes. about science and tech. Like I think you see it from the get go. She's like, "Give me back my shit, and I need to fix it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, and she's cool, and she does like she's driving cars, she's killing it. She knows she knows it, and that's what's so you know just amazing. That's just one little small element yeah. in this amazing, wonderful movie. Yeah. And it's such a great, I think, depiction of just kind of siblings working together. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> T'Challa leans on Shuri's character a lot in the movie. For as much as she's in it, he's always sort of, like, leaning on her, which is so great to see. So let's talk about T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman, who... um, Wait, 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 more more of the cast. Well, that's that's where we're going. I I think he's uh, fantastic in this role. I mean, he kills it. Although we mentioned he does get lost a little bit. He does. Um, uh, You know, this is not a perfect movie. I'll go out and say it right now, even though I loved it. And we'll get into maybe some of the the small little criticisms, but um, he, uh, in this role, I just think really does... He's a good just balance between yes. everybody. And that's what mm-hmm. like you look forward in the leader too and someone who takes charge mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, so I think he just pulled off this role wonderfully. I think yeah. his interactions with each and every character mm-hmm. are very like balanced and mm-hmm. nuanced. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, like we said, he's a connective tissue, but I think 
each time he is with an individual character or in a group, yeah. every everything about the interactions makes sense and feels full, mm-hmm. right. which is also really great to see. Yeah, like one of the biggest things about being a leader, like especially of a whole country, is like you need to surround yourself with good people. And that's what this cast is. Is like, uh, <laughs> you know, um, T- T'Challa is not going to be as good as he is unless he has Shuri, unless he has... Uh, you know, his, uh, the whole Dora Milaje, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, uh, Dora, but yeah, but yeah the whole, his whole military, just uh, people at the borders, like, he's, he can't exist without all of that. So, like, just seeing like Chadwick Boseman be able to, yeah, being able to play off all that, like, he's just so stoic and able to, like, just really internalize everything that everyone's bringing him. I just love how he never tries to solve the problem himself. Like the <laughs> yeah. very the very beginning is the one argument where he's he's just like, no, I can handle it by myself. And he like um Okoye has to come in and save it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And like that is really the one time you see him not leaning on his port system for the entire movie, I think. Right. Um other people in the cast, Sterling K. Brown. As Luffy mentioned earlier, man, he showed That's up, and like I did. I like I forgot that he yeah. was in this movie, and I was like, "Damn, Sterling K. Brown! No matter what I see him in, breaks my heart <laughs> every, every time. time. Every time, <laughs> I know. Every time. Oh my god, that oh, we'll get we'll get to that scene. That <laughs> yeah. scene gave me chills. Oh, There's was, Angela Bassett, mm, who's wonderful great. queen yeah, mother. Great. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, um, wonderful. Yeah, I think so that's good. those are the main. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> so Statcast, um, and we mentioned the director uh, Kugler, who uh, well known for uh, Fruitville Station and of course Creed, mm-hmm. his like wonderful movie. If you've not mm-hmm. seen Creed, you need to go see it. It's a, it's amazing. Um, you know, just amazing talent here to create an amazing world in of this world, Wakanda. What do we think of Wakanda? This uh, Afrofuturistic uh, uh, Wonderland. It's amazing, really. It is wonderful. I want to spend more... T- I wanted more time to spend more time in that world. In world. Yeah. That's like one of my few things uh, yeah. against this movie. Is like, give me more Wakanda. Yeah. How can you tease this amazing place? Yeah, when they went to South Korea, I was like, wait, no. <laughs> Go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which it was cool that they yeah. went to yeah. South Korea. But yeah, yeah, but definitely like Wakanda was just yeah. amazingly flushed out as like just its own, you know, country, its own nation. And yeah. the fact that it exists as what Africa could have been like if it wasn't colonized is the, like, it's just an amazing thought to see that that much innovation could come out of something like that. And I don't know if you guys have watched any of, like, the press interviews that um, Lupita's done, but she recently did one where she's talking about that exact subject, and I think to hear an African actress go and talk about the fact that here is this movie that is representing all of us and has a good representation of diaspora, but is also an imagining of what Africa could have been like if it wasn't robbed mm. of so much. Um, I I mean, like, hearing her talk about that was really beautiful and wonderful. And, yeah, I, I think a lot of movies try to make certain settings into a character, and they never really successfully do it. And I feel like Wakanda was really close. Yeah. It was really, really... It didn't get there for me. I wish we could have spent a little bit more mm-hmm. time there. And they tried to do that a little bit with um, T'Challa and Akia walking around, yeah. like, in the streets. Which I also appreciated yeah. that, like, the royalty could walk around and, like, be amongst the people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he wasn't, like, super protected. Obviously, he had, like, the Black Panther armor or whatever. But, like, they weren't super protected. They were just kind of, like, out in the open walking amongst the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I felt like Wakanda 
almost got there as a character because just because they talked about it a lot and it was like a very fleshed out place. Yeah. But it didn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. But it was really great, and I really liked it. Also, the warrior fall scene was just like oh yeah, ugh. the waterfalls. So yes, yeah. wonderful. Um, um, I think it's telling that the two places that people wanted to, want to visit the most recently is Wakanda and Nkoko, the land of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, like people of like, just like more representation showing right. more worlds that yeah. are diverse mm-hmm. and people wanting to spend more time in those worlds. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, and these are two, two worlds which come from like places that were so heavily colonized. Yes. So that's a uh, really telling and, and uh, I think fascinating um let's get into one of the like core sort of debates uh, within the movie this idea you have killmonger of Mm -hmm. course and then you have t'challa uh t'challa's very torn about this but this idea of you know wakanda is the most advanced nation in uh the world and they can you know help out their brothers and sisters out there who are suffering who are being hurt Mm -hmm. that's sort of uh the the big thing the main conflict the main conflict in the movie Uh, speaking of sterling k brown Right, so K. Brown, who actually spent time in, um, you know, California, yeah, near Oakland. Um, and Where Ryan Coogler is born. Yeah, and who yeah. spent time seeing the violence and the, and the corruption and all the horrible things happening uh, um, and wanted to, you know, do something. But then you have T'Challa's father, who felt very different, who wanted to continue this, like, this... Isolation. Uh, isolation, uh, uh, sort of like ancient China sort of uh, theory, which has closed off our walls mm-hmm. and like let the world their problems their with them. Yes. Type. Yeah. Which gets, you know, you have uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character in the movie who even says, like, if we allow uh, refugees, they'll bring in their problems, mm-hmm. you know. Which, I, by the way, there's, like, parts in this movie that I feel like were directed at Trump. Like, yeah. you know, by the way, like, separating yeah. people is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's yeah. amazing that, like, the script, too, was written well before, like, anything he was, like, really saying as president. But, like, yeah. during the campaign, like, just the isolationist policies and things like that that he was bringing up, like... Yeah, this movie clearly reflects, you know, that that time of the election cycle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This kind of zeitgeist of, you know, let's not bring in refugees when that's right, especially with Syria and things like that. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So how do we feel about that? And we'll we'll get into Killmonger because he's you know he's his point of view is you know we should use Wakanda to liberate our people to arm our people to. Yeah. Um, um, be the rulers, and he's go. He's one extreme. Yes. We have T'Challa, who's more balanced. Then, of course, you have other characters who want just total, iso- uh, you know, isolation yeah. from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do we feel about this, and that a Marvel movie's even exploring yeah. this, which is kind of crazy? <laughs> yes, um, it kind of reminded me of like Don, uh, Don of the Planet of the Apes, it's a little bit. Okay. Between Caesar and Koba. Oh, yeah. The, the, Which, by the way, y'all need to watch yes, those movies. Those amazing. movies are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because Koba is the, the extreme view. Right. Like, you understand where he's coming from. Like, uh, you you understand where Killmonger is coming from. Right. Because of his life experience in the U.S. And, but the way that he goes about it. Right. Is wrong. Right. And I think, and... He literally wants to kill his way to the top. Yeah, kill Mother, yeah. right. And I think that the in the movie, the people from Wakanda see his way, but go about it as, a, like, at the end, opening, right. like, a, what do you call that? 
a shelter. The, the center. The yeah. The embassy, the, the center. Yeah. Wakanda's first. And that's that sort of, center, you know, yeah. Killmonger sort of lives on in the movie yeah. through T'Challa. Like, T'Challa takes his cousins, which, by the way, spoiler, he's his cousin, takes his cousin, <laughs> like, part of hey, his cousin's, part of his cousin's uh, uh, message, you know, like, yeah. which is, you know, we need to help our people. Yeah. Let's just not kill people. Let's do it a different way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Justin, thoughts here? No, I mean, it's, um, I think what was great about, uh, the, there's this whole theme of, like, tr- traditionalism versus, um, well, innovation and just new thinking. Right. Where, like, you could see that in the elders and you know, all the uh, grown-ups who, besides mm-hmm. to talk to uh, T'Challa, where they're saying, yo, we, shouldn't def- we should definitely close our borders. No one deserves to see Wakanda and stuff like that. But they have, like, Shuri, uh, Killmonger, and T'Challa. Like, they do want to be able to help out others and, like, right. be able to at least, yeah. like... You know, there's there's so much that Wakanda has to give to the world, and and in some ways there are things that the world can give give back to Wakanda. But the main point is just like, um, it's on it's on these like uh, it's on T'Challa, it's on uh, everyone he surrounds him with to really like start or to take what was given to them so, and yeah. actually yeah. like spread it, yeah. you know, in a good way. Yeah, I yeah. think it's interesting that. Nakia makes this point very early in the movie before mm. Killmonger is even yeah. a factor. Yeah. She's like, Wakanda has... She's the pacifist version of Killmonger. Yeah. She is the pacifist version of Killmonger because she's like, we have so much and we have so much knowledge to give. Why shouldn't we be doing it? Basically, her reasoning for not even staying in Wakanda and being a spy and having worldwide missions of liberation, basically, is that she feels that she needs to help. And she also feels to a greater extent that the country of Wakanda needs to help. And T'Challa struggles with this. And I think running into like the more extreme version and Killmonger, where it's just like the conquered will now become the conquerors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that sort of helped put things in perspective for that character. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into Killmonger real quick. Uh, I want to talk about that scene. Honestly, uh, probably my favorite part of the movie. Best uh, Marvel villain? Hands down. Yeah, best I mean, like, villain. ah, man. It, I just hesitate so much to call him, like, yeah, a no, strict yeah, villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, a complicated movie. More he, gray than he's that. He's an yeah. antagonist. I'm, yeah. Uh, he, he's a villain. Like, I mean, he's, yes. he's a villain, but that you that doesn't mean you can't be fans of villains. The because best villain's, like, Joker. I love the fucking Joker, com- but he's a terrible <laughs> he's villain. He's a complicated Yes, he's exactly. A, yeah. like, um, a villain with motivation. Yeah, so, so, you know, Killmonger really steals the movie, but uh, because of Michael B. Jordan's tremendous performance, performance yeah. he's yeah. so great. Yeah. Which, by the way, his, like, I, I just watched this. Uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan's worked on every single Ryan Coogler movie. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. no, they're like, they, they have that relationship. Have, they're, they're they have both. another movie yeah. coming out, too. Yeah, yeah. so, and I read about how he got into the Killmonger character. Apparently, he, like, um, you know, lived and breathed the Killmonger way, the not giving a fuck, not caring about anybody. <laughs> and, like, he said that people started, like, feeling differently about him, like, sort of staying away from him. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of inspired by Heath Ledger and the way that Heath Ledger yeah. sort of embodied the Joker to get into character. And I think it worked really great for um, uh, for Michael. Because uh, it's like, you just... The the radiation off his body, like this, just he was just seeping. Yes, like, oh, like just man. contempt and like yes, just, and just, hatred. Just hatred. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's crazy. And, and he knocked it out of the park. Just really killed it. And his backstory is just so tragic yeah. and horrible. His, yeah, his backstory is like one of the best 
parts in this movie. Yeah, yeah like, there, there's a point I wish where I would have spent more time with it, honestly. I know. There's a point where we go in the movie where we go to the ancestral, pre- yes. ancestral plane with yes. Michael B. Jordan. Yes. And best scene of the movie. Best scene in the movie. And he... Mm. Meets with his father, Sterling K. Brown, who's played by Sterling K. Brown, and literally. No, his father is Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> 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 you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like the fact that this movie also starts with Michael B. Jordan and like mm. the kid version of his voiceover. Yeah. And it's like the movie starts with him. He's a major part of he is, the story. Yeah, and. That scene where he's with Sterling K. Brown's character on the ancestral play, he turns into a kid and then back into an adult. Yeah. yeah. And, like, again, Sterling K. Brown, no matter what you see him in, <laughs> will break your heart yeah. every single time. Like, yeah. I don't watch This Is Us, Same. but I watched a good amount of it purely because he was in it. Yeah. 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 He'll get you right in the feels. But that scene is so important because, you know, he's talking to his son and he's like, you are lost. And that's like, oh, it was just so heartbreaking and bittersweet when you hear it. And like, you know, his son is about to become king of Wakanda and he's trying to like guide him in a certain way. But it's just, you know, he wasn't there to help his son. Um, in the way that, and this is how I write it. A lot of people can read it different ways, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't there to help him, um, sort of feed that energy and anger for a more positive Mm. sort of way without that father figure. And you had him sort of feed into his hatred, literally go into like the dark side of her getting into Jedi terms. Um, And uh, cause even the jet, like even like Darth Vader, like there's some like Mm. weird motivations there and it's, it's hard to, to tell. Um, That was just a beautiful heartbreaking scene. And it's so crazy that T'Challa is at like when he goes into the ancestral uh, 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 um, grounds. He goes to this, you know, beautiful African landscape with the Black Panthers in the tree, mm-hmm. and he's connected to his home of Wakanda. But when, um, you know, Michael B. Jordan goes to the ancestral grounds, he goes to that apartment to see mm-hmm. his father. You know, the apartment where his father died. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, it's like he never left. Yeah, like, he that's, never that's left. Crazy. You know? That's where he was lost when that happened, mm-hmm. and which was set off by T'Challa's father. Um, which is, uh, you know, a whole other debate. Yeah. Like, he created that monster. And T'Challa says it in the movie. We created him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we must handle him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just beautiful. God, that scene, like, I was, I've been thinking about that scene up. since yeah. I saw the movie. Yeah. That was the most heartbreaking mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Well, yeah. I see that scene, but I raise you the one where he, where Killmonger actually dies. The, yeah. Oh, the last scene. Oh, the my heart. Final scene. Oh, the heart. The final scene. Yes. Yes. When he says, um, you know, bury me in the ocean because um, my ancestors knew that. Yeah. Uh, I'm like about to cry. Dying, I mean, dying was this. better yeah. than being in chains. Yeah. Ugh. And it, it like, it just resonates like um, yeah. to just see that when you just think of how much history, like, yeah. you know, people have, or uh, African-Americans, black people have been in chains, whether it's yeah. literally or figuratively. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, that that moment is so uh, eye opening, and, yeah. and I can, and when I saw it, I was like, I can't believe this is in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Like all these white like, people what? around me are gonna be like, what? Yeah. But Mickey Mouse um, is okay with this. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's very impactful. And what's so great too is that um, at, at, when he's defeated, he he puts down the arms and he's like, okay, we will connect as cousins, as family, and we will watch the sunset, mm-hmm. yeah. and we will have this 
moment. This moment together. It's not beautiful. It's not sad, but it's it, it is what it is. And then you know, for us, it's beautiful and sad. But for them, it's this familiar moment. It's just uh just. This is when people say they're thinking about this movie still. It's, they're thinking about these oh, scenes, yeah. these yeah. moments. Yeah. And that's why I say all hail King yeah. Killmonger. He's yeah. my just, king. Just a I beautifully written character. Yeah. Like, just there's so much moral, like, gray to it that, like, yeah. you, know, you see it from so many sides. And that's why, like, no matter what you feel about the villain, like, there's something that you're like, I get that. Yeah. yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. I mean... Like, my, I loved Killmonger as a villain, and I think part of the, I, like, my mind immediately went to Ghibli movies, because usually the antagonists in Ghibli movies are also very morally gray. Granted, they are, like, Killmonger is very, much more clearly a villain. He, there's no, like, gray area where he's, you know, an antagonist, but he turns into a friend, or, like, Ghibli movies have a lot of that, but it reminded me a lot of that, where it's, like, there's a lot of depth and moral gray area assigned to the movie's villain, and yeah. he actually gets a clear backstory and is arguably the best character in the movie. Yeah. All, all, like, um, all, for me personally, yeah. he really <laughs> is. I mean, like, for me, At least is. the most interesting. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely the most interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving away from that, yes. can we talk about the music and production design in this movie? Wow. Oh my god. Yeah, the, per- the production design The production alone. design. Uh, the costumes. And better win costume every design. fucking Oscar yes. here. Yeah. So well Colorful. done. Amazing. Yeah, this better win every fucking the, Oscar the fact for that, like, costume design. They took from like just all the African tribes, like they did their research with yes. this film. Yeah. Oh, Not yeah. only did they do their research, they paid their respect, they yeah. lived it. Like It's amazing how like entrenched they were in this culture and all the history that it has i love in the music as well in the music oh speaking of coco very similar in this (laughs) respect like the attention paid to these details uh really elevate these movies to this next level whereas maybe in the past they wouldn't have even tried to go there Uh, but here it, it works so beautifully just seeing it just feeling it um it works so well the music is amazing um, uh, the it's, score is yeah, like unlike anything yeah. I've ever heard of. The score, yeah. um, uh, and also just the the soundtrack, which you hear some of yeah. it in the movie. Uh, of course, Kendrick Lamar, who uh, curated and uh, pretty much did the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, all hell uh, King, King Killmonger. Yeah, all hell King Killmonger. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just I, I don't know. It's just a tour de force. Like you can't deny how impactful all of it was together. It just was so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just the fact that, like, um, you know, Ryan Coogler was able to show um, Kendrick Lamar this, this the movie, and then he, he made the music based on that, and um, you could just see that there's just a lot of attention and detail put into it, yeah. like, just um, whether it's just lyrics referencing certain parts of the movie, or just, yeah. like, the, the feel of, like, certain uh, instrumentals, like, it's, it's great, mm-hmm. it, it's very, like, impactful in, like, how the movie plays out, and, yeah. I mean, you, you don't get all of the the Kendrick Lamar uh, album in the movie. Yeah. I you mean, get some, that, but that's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get Ludwig Göransson's um, uh, soundtrack, which is still good. Just um, when you hear the actual, like, album attached to it, it's, it's yeah. pretty great. Like, yeah. you get that context afterwards. Which, by the way, ma- mad props for, to Marvel for allowing uh, <laughs> an album like that to yeah. even exist, which is not, like, easily accessible by wide audiences. Yeah, it's like, Captain know. America's not getting this. Yeah. He's not, he's not getting YouTube <laughs> yeah. to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're not going to get that. That that was awesome. Really well done there. Um, yeah, there's just so much to love about this movie. Um, maybe some small criticism. I mean, uh, we've just poured our love for this movie. <laughs> Obviously, we really like this movie and we love it. 
maybe uh, some small criticisms, maybe things you would have liked to see more, maybe uh, where does it line up in your sort of Marvel lineup, you know, um, which, by the way, one big plus, the lack of that Marvel connection will really help yeah. this movie. Yeah, not until um, the end, really. And just yeah. the one, or the two white characters. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah really, the two white characters yeah. and, like, the second end credit scene. Yeah. Like, the end credit scene that everybody had already left the theater for, mm. and there was, like, three people left, yeah. and then you see it. That was the only, like, yeah. real Marvel Universe tie-in, yeah. yeah. which I love. Which is fine. And I'm okay with seeing, you know, more connections to the Marvel Universe, but really, I want the Black Panther movies to be about Wakanda like that's the sacred grounds there um but yeah so thoughts and feelings here on you know maybe some small criticisms what yeah like one one thing I noticed during the movie is just a lot of the fight scenes or action sequences were a little too kinetic yeah Um, yeah like just one that took place in the dark yeah that was hard to see yeah. And I and the it, forest, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here I saw like footage of it on YouTube or something, like a, just actual like movie footage, not like some someone recorded it. But like yeah. it looked brighter there, and I was like, what, what was I watching? Like yeah. it's just kind of weird how that translated. But also, um, a little bit of Korea was like haphazard. But um, I mean, those are kind of like just minor guys because this is supposed to be an action or, or superhero movie, and it's right. the it's fulfilling that part of the blueprint. Exactly. Um, so I mean, it but, still has to stick to the Marvel. Yeah, it it just kind of sucks that the fight choreography and all the action sequences didn't live up to yeah. what it could yeah. probably. I did like yeah. that car chase and is yeah. it South Korean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that was, was nice. Yeah. Just I think I'm thinking about the casino. Yeah, yeah the casino. Yeah, the casino. Yeah, the casino. There is right there is before. that one long I mean, take in that casino yeah, action scene that was, was like really say, cool. That take yeah. was. Aw- I feel like again, like T'Challa didn't really get his due mm-hmm. in the casino fight scene, but like. I saw Lupita beat someone over the head with uh-huh. her shoes. Yeah, that was awesome. Wig. Yeah. And oh. yeah, like, did I throw her wig yeah, at yeah. somebody? One of the great like, moments of the movie yeah. was like, the wig. Losing wig. the wig was <laughs> so funny. And like, such a great, such a very blatant rejection of like Western movie uh-huh. ideals. That was so funny. See, like, yeah. so the bad. character in the movie was just like, I cannot believe I have to wear this wig. Yeah, this yeah. is Dress. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was literally like, I hate this. This is yeah. embarrassing. How am I supposed I should... to fight in this? I know. <laughs> yeah. and you use it as a weapon. <laughs> she literally throws her wig in somebody's yeah. face so that she can get her spear out and fucking demolish I yeah. I don't know I quite enjoyed the casino fight scene mm-hmm. I wish T'Challa mm-hmm. had more to do in that scene yes. but like seeing Lupita's character and Denai's character fight that was awesome and the car chase was also yeah. amazing yeah. you can see the glows it's like a Neo thing neon yeah. lights yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm with Justin actually I think they were well done uh, to an extent but I, you were lost a little bit it felt mm-hmm. you know like they could have uh, maybe sort of focused a little bit more but you can't have everything and I understand that and for the most part they work and it's really great um, the ending for me, I felt could have been a little more the, epic. The train one? Um, mm. yeah, no, that's could, actually, yeah. Yeah, it could have like, they could have amped it up there. But I also get it because the scale of this movie is much smaller it than, it's like, really, it's about a family, it's like War of the Roses. It's a yeah. family, it's a family drama. battle. You know, you have cousins. It felt um, like, yeah. Yeah, cousins like fighting each other. Um, but but uh, I still co- sort of wish I, we would have seen more and more interesting ideas with the action. Um, and that's like one of the criticisms I'm hearing, which I actually kind of agree with um but you know the goodness just sort of yeah. outweighs <laughs> it um you I mean, know I agree I think some of the like some of the warrior falls fight scenes were a little bit lacking for mm-hmm. me like I actually enjoy the casino fight scene yeah. quite a bit but I think 
the Warrior Falls fight scenes were a little bit yeah. lacking for me. Um, some of the, like, big battle scenes, like, unless it was pretty siloed by character, like, mm-hmm. some of those were also a little bit messy. I do love that moment where Wakabi's charging with his rhino, and Janai <laughs> just, like, stands in front of the rhino steps yeah, and, and looks her face. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> that yeah, that moment was great, too. It's like, would you kill me? And it's like, for Wakanda, I will. And I was like, damn! <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, any other sort of criticisms? I do think that the beginning of the movie is a bit slow. You felt so it takes a mm. takes a while to get going to get into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think the movie gets better as it goes along. I, I would say overall, this movie does um, the Marvel sort of. Um, uh, um, I don't know. I don't even know the 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 Marvel theory, the Marvel. I don't know what you call it, but the formula, the really, yeah. the archetype, whatever the formula, it does it well. Um, but it sort of does its own thing, but. It never really veers too, too far, away, that, far off, which yeah. I still wish that we have that Marvel movie that just says, fuck that noise. Mm-hmm. We're going to go strictly into yeah. whatever. But you know them producers. Yeah. Those Paul Feige. Feige? Paul Feige. Paul Feige. 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 Yeah, Paul Feige. Paul Feige. Paul Feige. Paul Feige. Kevin Feige. Oh, yeah, Paul, my God. Kevin, Kevin yeah, Paul Feige, Feige. Is, a, <laughs> is another director. He's another director. Oh, yeah. Bridesmaid. Ant-Man, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, no, 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 no. No, Bridesmaid. Bridesmaid, yeah. yeah. I think I... I mean, like, I think I... One of the one of them feeges out there. Feige. <laughs> um, I mean, I have this... I think... I'll, I agree with... Everything else said, um, the only other thing was what I hinted at earlier. I wish Wakanda was a little bit more mm. of a character. Yeah. And I know that's like a really Future hard... Future movies hopefully yeah. handle that. I literally... But I think that's such a hard thing to accomplish for yeah. a place. Like, making a setting a character is kind sometimes like a losing battle. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this movie got pretty close. Where does this fall in the sort of... Um, the list of Marvel movies. Is this the best Marvel movie? Is it one of the best Marvel movies? Yeah, I, I mean, I want, I, I, want feel about a, this? I want to put it at number two in my okay. list, which is just behind uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. These are two deeply love, political movies. I love yes. Winter Soldier. I love Winter Soldier. Uh, it's amazing how these two Marvel movies exist. Like, it's yeah. like... One talks about just, you know, just corruption in government. I know. Yeah. Winter Southern Soldier was literally like, all the president's men with, with like, <laughs> Marvel fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. That's what I love. Marvel needs to focus on that. Like, let's yeah. do these, yeah. these yeah. different types of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. just focus on the story. Yeah, yeah the like, the Black Panther was, like, an Afrofuturist story mm-hmm. just with Marvel superheroes. Is this, like, the first depiction? Or not the first, but I, the first film... Showing depicts. Afrofuturism? No, but it's no. Def- it definitely definitely not. But it's one of the um, one of the seminal films the, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. So I know I would have loved for because we're talking about Afrofuturism. If Janelle Monet had had a song <laughs> yes, for this soundtrack, can you even imagine? Yeah. She was busy just making her. Just, she was just making just, her own yeah. shit, yeah. Yeah. which I'm very excited. Hey, that she's about to release Black Panther album. Two. Yeah. We will have the yes. soundtrack. We have more opportunity for more and, uh, of our favorite please artists. Please include Childish Gambino. Yeah, oh. that'd be great. More of our, well, even though he did some. He read the script on, and yeah. punched up the jokes. Yeah, so. uh, especially uh, for Shuri uh, and um, T'Challa's uh, yeah. relationship. That was like his main contribution. But that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see everyone on this. So. I would like to give a shout out to Wesley Snipes, who actually uh, set the sort of foundation for this movie long ago in 1992. He wanted to make this Whoa. movie. Mm-hmm. He wanted a uh, he wanted black representation in Hollywood, 
and of course um, he, made Blade. He, he made Blade. He yeah. did. He did it. And it, without those types of movies, we wouldn't have maybe had something like Black Panther. Um, so yeah. big shout out to him. I feel like he's the one of those like guiding spirits in yeah. all of yeah. this. You know. <laughs> so that was um, you know that's great. Um, and, and you guys know that I'm. Like everyone knows that I'm like a Marvel hater. Yeah. Right? Like I. So where does this stand? I wasn't yeah. a, a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok. You get, yeah. You can hear our review a couple yeah. episodes. Yeah. I'm shaking my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> I would say both Stanley and I are very like we're not the biggest Marvel people, but we still go to every fucking yeah, movie. Exactly. We it's still funny, give them yeah. all the money. When we I listen do. to all that, I'm like, but I love Marvel, and I'm yeah. like, I oh. the slander. No, no, no I mean, sorry. Yeah, I don't watch any fucking Marvel movies. I like did. I was. Like, I don't want to watch Doctor... I just don't feel like watching yeah. Doctor Strange. I didn't watch Ant-Man. I didn't watch... Ant-Man's so good, though. I love it, <laughs> I didn't watch Civil War. I didn't watch the second Avengers movie, whatever the fuck that was. Like, I just don't... I'm just like... I will literally see a Marvel trailer, and at this point, I'm just kind of like, all right, I know whether or not this is going to be good or bad, and so I'm just mm. not going to watch so, it. So automatically, Black Panther's the best one for you, the best Marvel movie. Ah, man. I really do love Winter Soldier, though. It's hard. Stanley, for you? I would put it at um, my number one. Yeah. yeah. It, it, this is probably my number one with Winter Soldier. I keep forgetting that yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming is also part, kind of, the, of part of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is part of the MCU. Yeah. It's just, you know, the back end's a little... And I really, really like that a lot, too. Yeah. And That's also had a great villain. Yeah. The Marvel movies with great villains yeah. are my favorites. And yeah. also um, the first Captain America's... That's a, a good one, number too. Two. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. A lot of people love Very that underrated, one. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, you know, my heart will always stick with I- the first Iron Man because it's mm. sort of like the one that started it all. Um, it but good. but this, I mean, this just outdoes everything. It just yeah. it, it is the best uh, Marvel movie, yep. and I cannot wait. And by the way, major love for Winter Soldier. I'm not the biggest Captain America <laughs> fan, but Winter Soldier. When, when I yeah, saw it, it I'm blew not, me away in the theater. I was like, "Fuck, like, this is so good." Yeah, I'm not a huge Captain. Like, I'm obviously not a huge Marvel fan, but yeah. I really love Winter Soldier. Yeah. The, like, Winter Soldier, like the Winter Soldier. Even I'm Native not man. like a big fan of Winter Soldier, though. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but Black Panther. <laughs> Black Panther takes it for me. I think. Yeah, I, I, more movies like Black Panther, please MCU. I know, like Marvel in general, Marvel Studios uh, with stuff with uh, 20th Century Fox and all this other stuff. Well, things are changing because of yeah. Disney's uh, acqu- mm-hmm. uh, acquiring Fox. But anyways, they are trying different things like Deadpool, that's all that stuff. Yeah. But in the MCU itself, it's great to see them sort of exploring and mm-hmm. trying yeah. new things. And we're going to see that hopefully with Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they have a laundry list of characters that they could explore. So, you know, it's on them to really no. flush out these culturally yeah. diverse stories. Do you think we're going to get more it... T'Challa in future, like in Avengers, like they're going to redo? Well, the thing is, as, they were actually filming around it. the same time. Yeah. So they're trying to stay as true to the Wakanda, you know, yeah. is at least like military and stuff uh, at that time. So we'll probably see something really close yeah. to what we saw in Black Panther in mm-hmm. Infinity yeah. War. So. I'd be interested to see if they sort of amp up his character. Like Wonder Woman? Yeah. 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 Oh, like yeah, amp it up because yeah. of how like popular, popular he's become. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Speaking of the laundry list of Marvel characters, y'all, I need to like make it big in Hollywood by the time they're ready right. to do a Miss Marvel movie uh-huh. because I want to make that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just so many good characters, so, and I just I I hope, it's especially if Twentieth uh, Century Fox can hand over the rights, uh, if they could do X Men right. Yeah, I would love it. X Men is right. No, but no. it's a classic. That's the immigration story right there. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah. You know uh, about yeah. um, just 
um, the other, yeah, other. just the other, and just uh, having people that are there's so much bias against them and so much discrimination. Like yeah. it's the ori- origin story for a lot of Marvel characters mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. come from that place where. It, you know, they're not X-Men, like everyone else. X-Men was done right, though. What's <laughs> a few of them? Uh, no, I'd say no. like three, three, three tops. Okay, three tops. There's, there's yeah. a few good ones there's out a, there, but there's a few. There's a few. Uh, I, I would love to see a redone X-Men because I'm like, X-Men was my Marvel, mm-hmm. like, shit. That's what I loved. <laughs> and uh, it really upset me that uh, we got some of those horrible X-Men movies out there, but yeah. it's okay. I <laughs> Stanley's disagree. Like, Stanley's like, Stanley's I love those movies. He's like, nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all are all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, so that is been our uh well actually any final sort of parting thoughts on black panther the movie this huge cultural phenomenon wakanda forever wakanda, wakanda forever. forever shout yeah. out to winston duke playing uh mbaku yes yeah with the vegetarian line Amazing. oh my god he he's gonna have a, like a big career just because of yeah. this movie he killed it he's so funny and i love how he like he you know challenged t'challa and then was like uh, outcast, but now he's part of the inner circle. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was yeah. awesome. It reminded That's, me of like um, Jamie from the Anister from Game of Thrones. Like you hate him, or like you dislike him at first, and then you learn to yeah. love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, great. I was super into it the minute he started barking at Martin Freeman's character. <laughs> oh. That was so funny. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my god, that was so oh. great. All those moments. Yeah. Which, by the way, there's a lot of moments here. Where I'm like, are white people like totally uncomfortable right now? <laughs> Because <laughs> this like, is awesome. Like, just get out all over again. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this is great. No, I love that. I know, but it's a Marvel movie and everyone's going to go see it, so yeah. it makes it even better. Um, yeah, so that those have been our thoughts on, um, you know, Marvel's Black Panther. More like Black Panther, please, 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 because... It was amazing. It was so well done. Um, thank you, Justin, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, for having me. Our, you, not only did you uh, talk about Black Panther, you brought in an Asian man to talk about Black Panther. So, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> man, we need to have Justin back on here. He's really, really tearing it up. Um, Tea there. Yes. Damn. <laughs> but thank you for coming on. You no, are no, our, thanks for having me. our, our re- yeah. resident Marvel super fan here and yeah, needed to represent for Marvel because we because we we do not respect exactly. we don't provide we enough don't respect. Respect. We don't. you put respect on Feige's name alright yeah. yes. <laughs> we need to put respect on Marvel's name okay that was great um, yes yeah, so uh, yeah we're back to normal next week I know we released a little later this week uh, but we'll be back to normal next week and um, this was a lot of fun so we'll talk to you next time yeah. bye. bye bye see ya